Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is Tuesday, October 13th, 2020, and we are in day one of the PMA Fresh Summit Conference. Now, this is a virtual event, so you do need to go on the PMA's website and register for the conference to be able to get a login and start to create your profile. Some of the things that we're going to see today, starting at 10.45, will be the State of the Industry with Kathy Burns. At 11.45 to 12.45, we have Resiliency and Rebound. That's got a few different people from the Organic Produce Network, Bolt House Farms, and Fresh Plaza. Uh, also, during the same time period, we have Around the World in Fresh Produce, an update on international challenges and opportunities. From 12.45 to 1.15, the Packers Produce Market of the Year Award. From 1 to 2, there's a lot of sponsored product demos, so check those out. From 4 to 5, there's a lot more sponsored product demos. Um, and then from 5.45 to 7.15, the Global Community Reception. And then from 7.30 to 8.30, Sunset Rocks Virtual Experience. So I look forward to seeing you all there. There's a lot of different people here from Mastronardi to LGS to Vom to Giant to Driscoll's. Oh my gosh, there's so many great companies here that you can get involved with and check out and network with. Now, yesterday I had a great conversation with Max Teplitsky, and he got me thinking about food safety. So our first interview of the week, we are going to bring on Afreen Malik. Now, if you don't know Afreen, let me give you a little bit of background on her. She is the Director of Technical Services at International Food Safety and Quality Services. That's IFSQS. It's a consulting firm that helps companies produce safe foods. IFSQS provides hands-on, practical, science-based food safety, quality, and environmental sustainability support rooted in 20 years of experience in the food and agribusiness sectors. Before consulting, Afreen worked with Ocean Mist, Farms, Calavo Growers, and the California Department of Food and Agriculture. So let's get Afreen on the line. Hey, Afreen, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Patrick. I'm glad to be here. You know, when we set this date to talk about food safety, and I told people, hey, I'm going to have a food safety expert on the line, I got the traditional, what? You're going to talk about food safety? And I'm like, heck yes, because what people don't understand is that food safety and quality is everything in the produce industry. Am I right, Afreen? Absolutely. And that's why I think this is going to be a fun conversation because as the produce industry, if you were to go back, I mean, let's say, well, it's 2020. So let's go back to 2010. I can tell you in 2010, I was probably only providing a basic global gap audit when I was going to sell to certain customers. And compared to where it is today, I think that transformation has been incredible. So this is what I want to do. I think we should start with a little bit of history. And I think you can appreciate that because you are the subject matter expert uh, in this field. But what have you seen over the last 10 years of freeing that has got us to where we are today and why food safety is just so important when it comes to our overall business? I got, I got to know. Well, uh, you know, I've been in the produce industry for over two decades and 
Uh, for me, the pivotal moment was really in 2006 with the spinach uh, outbreak associated with E. coli 015787. And I was working um, at that time for a, a large produce company in the Salinas Valley. And I had a wonderful boss who was very supportive of what I did. And, um, you know, I was fairly new in the produce safety arena at that time. Um, so it was a pivotal moment for me where I saw how the industry really changed uh, from what it used to be. It's not that we didn't have good agricultural practices in place at the time. Um, we did, but um, it really ch changed the sh uh, mind of the whole industry and brought everyone together uh, to find solutions to some of the challenges that we were facing. And over the years, I've seen the produce industry transform from what it was, you know, pre-2006, pre, pre uh, the spinach outbreak to what it is today with uh, FISMA, with, um, you know, all the new um, practices and policies that we have in place with the research that's been conducted over the 10 years, 10, more than 10 years, really, uh, with the Center for Produce Safety. So we've come a long way, uh, but we still have quite a ways to go. My pivotal moment, I remember, was the, I might be, I'm not going to say the name. You know, I'm not going to say the name because I don't remember the exact farms, but it was the melon outbreak. Remember, there was a cantaloupe outbreak and I yes, believe it, it was, it, what was it the Jensen farms? It was, I was going to say Jensen. I really was, but I, what, I didn't want to call it anybody and it'd be the wrong name, but you're right. That was it for me. I mean, my team was selling watermelons during the time. And when we saw that recall, it was a pivotal moment for us because as a broker, we did not have a food safety protocol, like as in um, the recall program. Um, it was required for growers and packers and shippers. But if you go back to pre-2010, a broker didn't have to have a recall protocol. We had to have the food safety certificates from our growers to give to our customers. But that's when I said, wait a minute, you guys, we need to fully create you know, the, the, these binders, right? And trust me, you probably have more binders than anybody. Or now it's probably on the, ser on the servers now. But I remember we were like, okay, we're going to make these binders. We're going to copy a, uh, one of our packing houses, and we're going to make some type of recall compliance for our brokerage. And I remember just doing that put us ahead of some of the other uh, competition um, because we had a plan, right? right? And I remember that was the pivotal moment for me. Do you remember the date? Uh, not the exact date, but the year. When was the Jensen? Was 2011. that 2011? I believe it was 2011. Um, 2011. Yeah. So 2011 is when I got serious um, into it. And really looked at food safety as more of a, it's an operational cost. I mean, these are things that are now have to be implemented. And I remember I hired a gentleman uh, that specifically worked on our food safety with all of our customers and it went beyond the global gap. And I know you remember that. I mean, literally when you went to a customer, they, everybody would say it, it was like, do you have your global gap audit? Like it was like the global gap police, Afreen, right? It was like, we need to see that certificate, sir, before you uh, ship those melons yeah. in here. And now it's completely different. It's, I mean, it's uploading multiple pages of documents, <laughs> corrective action plans. I mean, seriously, I mean, if you scored less than a certain percentage now, you cannot be servicing some of these large retailers. Mm -hmm, correct. And I think what, uh, what I've seen, at least in the companies that are progressive, is that, you know, there's been a change in culture. So, um, you know, we're not just talking about, you know, doing one audit and throwing up, <laughs> putting out this certificate whenever someone asks for it. Right. It's about, it's about following uh, the right thing every moment, 
um, of every day, right? So that's where the produce safety culture comes into play. So you're not just conducting an audit so you can pass that audit and therefore, you know, do business with your supply chain partners. But you're really trying to produce safe foods. And that requires more than just going through, you know, a checklist. It requires attention to detail. It requires commitment. It requires, um, you, know, uh, you know, a culture of produce safety all the way from the top, from the CEO to your line workers, right? So everyone has to be uh, part of the equation. And everyone has to understand that their job is very important in keeping the consumers safe, right? So, it, so yes, there are operational costs associated with food safety or produce safety, but there's a lot of savings associated with it too, right? So um, if you have a, a solid, robust produce safety culture, you will not make, you know, you're unlikely to make people sick um, you're unlikely to be involved in um, serious issues with your products. And, and that means a lot to an operation, right? Um, the protection of your business and your brand name. Uh, I don't even know what value people place on that, but I would imagine that it's, it's much more than the operational costs that might be associated with a produce safety program. I agree. And like I said, even we learn something every day. And you're right. I looked at it and said operational costs, but it's true. It's, it's really the functionality of your entire team. And, and that's kind of what your company does too. I mean, you help uh, companies and you service that produce industry um, to really be on board with these food safety and quality objectives. Like you're saying, it's not just a task. It's not just a checklist. It's about being safe for your team. And, and remember, Afreen, we have listeners all the way down uh, from consumers um, all the way up to uh, Fortune uh, 500 companies in the produce and supply chain industry. So letting our consumers know that we're doing everything to be safe to service them, you know, is a need, right? I mean, when consumers are out there picking up an avocado or picking up an orange inside the store, they are expecting that the supply chain, even though they don't think in that terms, has done everything to where they can eat that piece of fruit and not get sick by it. So it's so true. It's, it's almost, it's a, it's a culture, right? It's, it's created a new culture within your company to respect the aspect of food and life. I mean, think about it, right? Absolutely. And I, you know, when I think of growers and processors, you know, a lot of the growers that I've worked with um, are dedicated to everything that they do. Um, they want to produce safe foods. You know, no one's out there uh, planting seeds in their, you know, in their um, fields saying, you know, let's see how I, I can make this go wrong. Um, you know, so the farmers are trying to do the right thing. Um, producers are trying to do what's best uh, for the consumers because, you know, a lot of times they take these crops home. They eat, you know, the farmers are eating these crops themselves. They're feeding it to their family. So the intention is not to make people sick, obviously. Um, and, you know, there are some knowledge gaps, uh, some research gaps that I think are being addressed um, very strongly uh, throughout the industry. Um, you know, we have new challenges coming up. Climate change is, is a big one. Um, and of course, most recently with COVID, uh, we've, we've seen some challenges there as well. But my company, International Food Safety and Quality Services, helps clients um, to overcome some of those challenges. And one of my clients uh, is the Produce Marketing Association, and I recently helped them develop 
a course. Uh, it's an online course, uh, which is part of a series, uh, their Fresh Ed series, um, called the, the first course is called the Essentials of Produce Safety. Um, and it's a course that's designed to help farmers, producers, processors, harvesters, um, and everyone throughout the chain really understand the basics of produce safety and how to produce safe foods. You know what I love about that too is that if, if we look at the overall picture uh, of food safety, compliance, and all of these objectives that need to be filled, there need to be more webinars and courses out there. So I'm glad that you are working with people within the produce industry uh, to get that out there because listen, there's a lot of times that we go to a lot of these shows ready for this, like actual in-person shows of Freen. And mm -hmm. if there is a food safety course, what do we do? We just send the food safety uh, employee <laughs> to them, right? That's all we do. We're just like, oh, you know, Laura, go ahead and, and take care of that and, let, and t tell us your notes, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that as we migrate into this virtual world, if we can start creating webinars and start creating these showcases, I think that more people would join. And I think that it could become more of a community, right? So when this webinar is there, you know, maybe you do, you have everybody log on to your team. Instead of it just putting the webinar out there, each individual member or team, you know, hopefully from the PMA, they can do individual, you know, courses with them and be, have individual settings where, you know, a friend can come in, you know, ask the questions and, you know, do a Q and A um, because it's harder and harder every year to get to, you know, all of these different places. Right. And you know, that Absolutely. before they were holding all these in person, right. All of them. Yes. Yes. So now, well, I mean, there, there's, you know, um, in recent years, there is a shift towards um, or online, uh, courses and um, you know there there are a lot of pros um, to um, having your staff attend an online course right so like you said first of all you know usually previously you know if you were sending somebody to uh, a live in-person type of training session you know you would select that one person that you thought um, should be the one to go uh, because there were costs associated with it, there was time uh, that the person had to be off of work, etc. But, um, you know, these online virtual type of um, training sessions really give uh, a company a lot of latitude to build that produce safety culture that I talked about earlier. So it's not just your food safety person who's being exposed to the most current information, the most current regulations, et cetera, et cetera. But you can now send you know, your sales team members and your sanitation staff members and people from all different strata of your organization um, to attend these courses. Um, you know, the PMA course, for example, is <clears throat> you know, self-paced, right? So you can, um, you, know, you can take the course when you have the time um, you can go back and review material as needed. Um, it's an eight-hour, approximately eight-hour course, but you can take it in chunks. You know, you don't have to sit down continuously for eight hours and finish the course. Um, the savings in terms of time and money are, you know, significant when compared to in-person courses. Um, you also have access to the instructors. So, you know, these courses are taught by experts um, in the industry. Um, so, for example, in the PMA course, it's Bob Whitaker, uh, Max Teplitsky has had a role as well, and I kind of helped uh, develop and um, deliver the course as well. So you have access to these experts, so you can ask questions that are specific to your 
uh, operations. Um, you know, so you, you might have heard something, let's say in the course that's very general and you wanna know how that might apply to you and your operations, you can ask those questions. You can be up to speed with something like FISMA. So the uh, Food Safety Modernization Act um, is a regulation that the produce safety industry has now to, you know, ha has to comply with now. All the seven rules are in effect and, um, you know, uh, Growers, for example, have to comply with the produce safety rule, processors with the preventive controls rule, et cetera. So knowing what these rules are can really help strengthen a company's um, produce safety program and help them comply with the base regulations um, that they need to comply with. Yeah, and it's not about just having the certificate anymore. I mean, if, if everyone, if you have heard anything uh, from a freeing so far, it, it is not just about the certificate anymore. It's about the culture. It's about incorporating these measures into your company. And I agree. I mean, these webinars are a great asset. And I think that, you know, once the, this virtual world has come, I mean, COVID has definitely made an impact within the produce and supply chain industry. I also think it's made an impact for the digital marketing community as well. I think that digital Absolutely. marketing is doing very well. And yeah. again, someone that is a subject matter expertise can develop courses. I mean, heck, I authored a book back in 2018 and we did webinars uh, right when COVID started on, you know, leadership courses. And it was great because people were, I guess, you know, not, I say guess, but they were, you know, thriving for it. They were like, wait a minute, how do we work from home? How do we manage our millennials, right? All these different things <laughs> that, that were happening. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how the produce industry is reacting to this new virtual world because, you know, until restaurants and community and the tourism and all that uh, becomes more available, our industry is still going to see a gap. We are. I mean, retailers are picking up a lot of slack. Uh, we're seeing wholesalers and distributors create new connections with B2C uh, customers, right? They're not just selling to the... Uh -huh to be businesses anymore but that's where it's going to become more important because once we get to that consumer right once a actual produce company not a technology company um, not someone who just has produce or is a farmer's market but actually someone who grows packs ships and controls the supply chain goes to the consumer that's mm -hmm. where the food safety aspect is going to get more complicated because right mm -hmm. now we leave it up to the retailer to put it on the shelf, right? So if mm -hmm. now if we create more direct to consumer models, we're going to have to create a new step within the supply chain to cover that vertical, which is the consumer picking it up from our packing house or wholesaler or distribution center, right? I mean, that's what I think. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, with, you know, you have all these new systems popping up, you know, where produce can go directly from the grower to the consumer. Um, and, and you have um, systems in place that can make that delivery happen, right? So the consumer doesn't really have to go directly to the grower or to the warehouse. The produce comes to them, right? Like the USDA program. Um, True. So, you know, I think that one thing we can say about the produce industry is that it's very innovative, right? And We've seen this over the last few months with COVID, um, all new, new, we've come up with new solutions that, you know, we probably would never have imagined previously, right? So we have a challenge uh, with COVID-19 and um, all these new avenues and new ways of communicating and new ways of selling our product um, have been implemented. And I, 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 
I'm of course I'm hoping that we will be out of this pandemic soon and um, be able to go back to some um, level of normalcy. Um, but nevertheless, I, I think that produce industry is very innovative, and we're going to find new ways of doing business and uh, getting our produce to to market. You know, and I also think you know, speaking of uh, you know this crazy crazy pandemic is that, you know, there are other crazy things that are happening. I mean, uh, California is just in a mess right now. I mean, with that wildfire going on right now, I heard that it's 0% contained. People are just losing crops and houses. I mean, I had a friend of mine send me a picture on LinkedIn, um, and it was a red, beautiful background over the Salinas Valley, but it was all because of the fire. And it was like, that's all the scorch, you know, in yeah. the background, but it, it made this, you know, red, fiery, you know, sky, but man, it is just, you know, the pandemic, and then we have natural disasters, that hurricane just hit Louisiana. Mm -hmm. um, it has just been, man, I mean, 2020 yeah. has been a fun year. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else <laughs> to say. It's getting better and better, right? <laughs> right. I mean, listen, what they, I had a fun, the funny thing they said on the, um, on the news the other day was, you know, everything, people haven't looked at the, uh, the hurricane names this year because they were so caught up in, you know, the pandemic. And they were like, think about it. If everything happens in the right way, we're going to have a hurricane Nana. We're going to have the worst grandmother coming in for a beating, you know, in 20 years. <laughs> but it was funny. And now hurricane Nana is on the way. And oh, it's just God. like, you're thinking, you're, yeah, right. You're thinking, I'm going, how, like, what, how did all this happen? Like, you know, it's like, look, if we could get, you know, go into DeLorean, go back in time, you know, and back to the future and figure this out, geez, we got to figure 2020 out. But, you know, still is, I think, a free and a good year um, for innovation, for creativity, uh, for positive mindset, and in reflection. I, I really do, because I think that uh, this 2020 has got your business, not yours, but everybody's business, and looking at it differently, especially when it comes to <laughs> safety, direct-to-consumer models, all these new things that are happening. So I think that the yeah. one big thing we can take away is change, right? There's going to be huge change within the produce and supply chain industry in the next five to 10 years. And mm -hmm. some of it's just starting now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what you mentioned about the fires and the hurricanes and all of that, and even to some extent COVID, you know, um, it, it's, it can all be linked back to climate change, right? So I, I know our, the produce, produce industry, we talk about climate change in terms of sustainability, what's happening on the farm with natural resources um, and the conservation of those resources, what's happening at facilities in terms of use of renewable energy and things like that. Um, but, you know, I think we really need to um, look at what's happening around us and its impacts on agriculture um, globally, right? Um, and regionally as well. And, um, you know, we talked about innovation. Uh, we need to focus a bit more on the innovation, innovations that will help us address challenges associated with climate change. Um, and like, like you mentioned in California, you know, these recent fires have had such a drastic impact um, on everything. And our frontline workers have been working so hard and special shout out to them um, and special thanks uh, to them for, for doing everything they can. Um, but like you said, you know, this one fire is still, you know, at 0% containment. And I'm glad the one in the river fire near Salinas um, and the fire in Carmel 
those were contained. Um, so, you know, these are just some of the impacts of climate change. Um, and I think that we're going to see more of this as, as time progresses. Um, and I, I would, you know, like nothing more than to see some solutions. I mean, I know we can't change the, we can't change climate. Um, that takes uh, a much more focused approach from the powers that be. But I think that there's definitely something that we all can do, you know, at, at our level, at, at, at our individual level, at our organizational levels um, to kind of help with this challenge. Yeah. Moving forward in, in the new world. I mean, you, you said back to normalcy. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be back to normalcy. I think that we're creating, yeah. it's not a new normal. I, I mean, I hate that. I hate hearing that. Oh, it's the new normal. It's the new normal. No, no, no. Stop. Listen. <laughs> Change is always upon us. And I remember this. I, I, I met my favorite band back in 2013. It was a rock band that I was listening to since I was like in high school. And I went to a band, I bought the, uh, the tickets to go see, you know, meet them afterwards, right? Because, you know, as bands get older, some of them, you know, start letting you actually meet them because they don't have as much fans anymore. <laughs> but I remember, and uh, the gentleman, the lead singer cut his hair and he went from, you know, this long hair that, you know, that rock star look, right? Afreen, everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, right? I know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like clean cut. He looks like a business. They're wearing like suits to their, uh, uh, their shows now. They're performing differently. And I remember my buddy, he was like so excited to meet him. He was like, oh my God, oh my God, why'd you cut your hair? Like he didn't even ask like, oh, great to meet you. How are you? He just like went in full blown with like, why'd you cut your hair? And his response was priceless. He looks and says, because change is a good thing. And, and that hit me since then, right? Since that day, I've always said change is a good thing. But change is always here. It's the one consistent thing we know in life, but everybody's always so afraid of it. So as we go back or say this new normal, we got to look at it. We're just changing the way we think. We're changing the way we do things. And that's where it needs to be, right? Because as we innovate and create, we don't want to go backwards. We always want to go forward. So let's hope that this, the, the back to normalcy is like a new, I would say like souped up version of our old car, but like, we're like, we're modifying it now. Right. We're always, we're always able to modify things and make them better. Right. Absolutely. That's what food yeah. safety is about. You're modifying and, and doing scientific based research to help people help us right yeah. around the world. Well, yeah, in produce safety, we say the only thing that's constant is change, right? Because yeah, 100% um, it, with you. Always changing. There's always something new. You know, there are new challenges, new pathogens, new research, new information, new technology, right? So there's always something new, um, and um, we just have to be adaptable to that change. Agreed, agreed. And one thing my dad always said to me, he said, you know, one thing I'm going to tell you, son, he goes, when you think you understand the produce industry, he goes, Every season, every year is different. So good luck. <laughs> wise. Your, your father was very wise. <laughs> oh man, geez. You know, if I could go back and you know, slap myself around a little bit right now, but it's so true. It's so true. Well, Afreen, I want to thank you for being a guest on the Produce Industry Podcast today. I welcome you back anytime. And thank you so much for making food safety and quality control fun in our industry. Thanks so much, Patrick. It was great talking to you. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. 
For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.